0: Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you out this morning. And we're glad that you're here with us today. Before we get into our lesson, I thought I would mention to you I went back there and put out some new tracks in the back. And on the shelf there are some of a political nature. Maybe not too political, but kind of religious too. And there's one on taxes that you might like. Uh, There are a couple of others. Sometimes I I like to go through them and if I find something that uh, we have that goes along with something we're studying, I like to put those back there. So on the rack in the back, there are a couple of them about prayer. Uh, One is I need the prayers of those who love me. And the other is sinners don't have a prayer. Um, And both of those kind of go along with what we're studying on Wednesday night due to a mistake that I made. Uh, We're studying a chapter ahead of where we normally would be, uh, but we're studying prayer. And so I thought you might be interested in at least those two, and and if you want to take those with you, uh, you are welcome to them. And also on the back, I've been putting stickers um, that have our contact information, our congregation address, phone number, website. And so if you hand those out to friends or family, um, if they have any questions or, or what have you, Uh, they are able to contact us that way. Uh, But anyway, those are are a good resource if if we use them. So feel free to take those. Our lesson for this morning is again on Ezekiel. We began a study last week uh, just looking at some some things that we can learn from the book of Ezekiel, from the prophets, some things that we can learn from his life. And so today is... Is one of those, it's a very easy sermon, in its topic at least, Ezekiel the Watchman. Ezekiel the Watchman. Now as we look at Ezekiel, we understand that he was sent by God with a message for God's people, Israel. So we see that he was given word from God In Ezekiel chapter 2 and beginning with verse 9. Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. Then he spread it before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. In verse 1 of chapter 3, Moreover he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll." And go, speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate. And it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. Ezekiel is a very unique prophet in that whenever he was given a message he had to live that message. Uh, Hosea is in the the same line as that because the message that he gave to the people was that of redemption. They had committed adultery, spiritual adultery against God and because of that he was to take a, a wife who would commit adultery against him, who would sin against him and he would have to take her back. He had to live out his message. And Ezekiel had to live out his message as well. He had to live it out in a very graphic way. Things that, that we wouldn't imagine. But these things are of God. And because they are of God, uh, again, we can learn from these. So in, in what we read in his calling and in God sending him, he had to eat the words literally that God was giving him. He caused me to eat The scroll. He was given a message from God. And a few days later, it was up to him to take that message to God's people, Israel. Now, we have to also recognize the beginning of Ezekiel. We have to recognize uh, from where this is written or or to where the people are uh, that are written to. Ezekiel chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3. Now it came, came to pass in the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives of the river, river Shabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, the land in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Shabar, and the hand of the Lord was upon them upon him there. So whenever God comes to Ezekiel, we find that the people are in captivity. I think this may be somewhere around 590 BC. Uh, but God comes to him in a time when the people are in captivity. But even though they were in captivity, God did not leave His children in captivity without hope. Because one day they would return to the land. Uh, Generations after them would return to the land and they would re-inhabit the land that God had given them. And He wanted them to realize their wrongs against Him and repent. And so Ezekiel is sent. It's very similar in many respects as to what we were studying this morning from the seven churches of Asia. Uh, we were looking at, at how God knew their works. Christ writes to them, I know your works. And what were they told to do? Those that were in the wrong were told to repent. Repent. And return to doing the things that God wanted them to do. And that's exactly what God wants of His people Israel. He wants them to repent and to turn back. He gives them that opportunity. And many will not hear the message of Ezekiel, but they are given opportunity. Ezekiel is referred to as a watchman for the house of Israel. But other such watchmen... Are found in Scripture. He's not the only one. And we'll look at that a little bit later on in our lesson. But it is important for us to recognize the role of the watchman so that we might recognize those who serve as watchmen for God's people today. Begin by looking at Ezekiel the watchman. Ezekiel the watchman. Ezekiel is sent to the rebellious house of Israel with a message from God. We turn to Ezekiel chapter 3 and beginning with verse 4. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 4. This is after he has eaten the scroll. And it says, Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them, for you are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of unfamiliar speech, and of hard language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely, had I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the house of Israel will not listen to you, because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted, Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces and your forehead strong against their foreheads. Like adamant stone harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. Because of Israel's rebelliousness, they are referred referred to here as impudent and stubborn Impudent literally meaning stiff-faced and hard-hearted. Because they had turned away from God, Israel needed to repent and return to His service, to God's service. However, they were a rebellious hack. And Ezekiel was not promised success in his mission. Can you imagine being sent to a people and and told right up front, they're not going to hear you. They're not going to hear your message. They're not going to listen to me. Most of them are not going to repent. Jonah was sent to Nineveh. And interestingly enough, with with Nineveh, he didn't want to go. He went against his will. But he was very successful as a preacher. And yet he was, was very angry about being successful. But Ezekiel had a different situation. He was going to preach the Word of God. And the people were not going to listen. And it's a good reminder for us, too, that even in our churches today, we're not promised great success. Look around us, how few our numbers are sometimes. And you notice that that we're not promised success in this world. There are many people that are going to turn away. However, we do have the responsibility to preach God's word, to preach His truth, so that we are not responsible for their souls. And we'll look at that in a moment with Ezekiel. But he was sent on a mission... But he was not promised success. Beginning with verse 10 of Ezekiel chapter 3. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you, and hear with your ears, and go get to the captives, to the children of your people, and speak to them, and tell them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or whether they refuse. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a great thunderous voice, Blessed is the glory of the Lord from His, pa- from His place. I also heard the noise of the wings of the living creatures that touched one another, and the noise of the wheels beside them, and a great thunderous noise. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Then I came to the captives at Tel Abib, who dwelt by the river Shabar, And I sat where they sat, and remained there astonished among them seven days. The wording here is debated as to its meaning. When we look at Ezekiel having received their vision, he was either angry or astonished, and commentaries are, are, are sometimes at odds in, in translating this. But whatever it means in verse 14, and obviously the word astonished is used in verse 15 too, but he went in bitterness in the heat of his spirit. Whether he be angry or astonished, we understand that it caused him to remain silent for a period of time, for a period of seven days. And maybe it was a little bit of both, anger at the people, maybe it was uh, something of that nature regarding the rebellion of the people against God, maybe he is just overwhelmed by the experience of the vision and what he has been told. But whether this be anger or astonishment, he reacts in a way that we can understand. As we look at, at the people, Concerning the wicked and and his mission in going to the people, this is what he is told concerning the wicked. In verse 16 of Ezekiel chapter 3, Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked you shall surely die and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way he shall die in his iniquity but you have delivered your soul. Basically, what he has said is that proclaiming God's message to this rebellious people, Ezekiel was not to be guilty of their crimes. If he proclaimed the message as God wanted him to proclaim the message, if he warned them of what was to come should they remain in their wicked ways, he would not be guilty of their crimes. However, Should he fail to deliver God's message, then he would be held responsible. If he failed in his mission to carry this message to the people, then he was responsible for their souls just as much as they would be. But concerning the righteous in verses 20 and 21, Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin. And his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous that the righteous should not sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning. Also you will have delivered your soul. Proclaiming God's message to this rebellious people, if they turned away from their sins, they should live, which is God's desire for his people. But if they refused, they had been warned. And Ezekiel was again not responsible for their souls. The desire of God is that His people turn away from their wickedness. That they repent. He wants them to repent. And so He wants Ezekiel to go to them and He wants him to preach this message of repentance so that they will repent, so that they will turn back to God, and so that they will be found faithful. If Ezekiel failed in in carrying the message, they would still be guilty. But then He would be guilty of their soul. However, if they turned away from their wickedness, if they turned to righteousness and to to the ways of God, He would save their lives. He would save their souls. And that's what God wanted. That's still what God wants today of those who have turned away from Him. And again, Ezekiel was not sent with the promise of success but with the purpose of fulfilling His mission. Though we may not be as successful as we would like to be in bringing souls to Christ, if we try, if we do our very best to warn people of what is to come, of the judgment that is coming, of the second coming of Christ, if we do our best to warn them, then we are fulfilling our mission. We may not have the numbers to prove success, but we've done our duty. However, if we fail to spread that message to those who we know are lost, if we fail to warn them of what is to come, it's a very sobering thought (coughs) That we, like Ezekiel, could have been. We might be guilty of their souls. God's final words of preparation for Ezekiel are found in the latter part of this chapter. Chapter 3, verses 22 through 27. Ezekiel 3 and verse 22 Then the hand of the Lord was upon me there, and He said to me, Arise, go out into the plain, and there I shall talk with you. So I arose and went out into the plain, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there, like the glory which I saw by the river Shabar, and I fell on my face. Then the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet and spoke with me and said to me, Go, shut yourself inside your house. And you, O son of man, surely they will put ropes on you and bind you with them, so that you cannot go out among them. I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, so that you shall be mute and not be one to rebuke them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God." He who has ears, let him hear. And he who refuses, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious half. These people did not want to hear this message. They did not want to hear this message from God. And part of it may be due to the fact that there were false teachers among them that were telling them that that the the trials and tribulations that they were facing were going to be short-lived, that very soon they would be able to return to their home. And yet those were false teachings. Ezekiel. Ezekiel would be silent. But when God spoke through him, he would speak the words of God. His experience as a prophet would not be pleasant in the least. And it makes Ezekiel hard to read sometimes because of some of the things that that he went through, some of the things that he suffered for God's sake. But God would use him for his purpose. God would use him to preach this message. And we see that he was faithful in doing so. But Ezekiel is is not the only watchman that we read about in Scripture. As a matter of fact, we read of several different watchmen and and we won't look at all of them today. Watchmen were very important for their job, for for what they did. They warned of danger. They warned of, of what was to come so that others could be prepared. And we need watchmen today. I think more so than any, the question is, who is to serve as Ezekiel, as the Ezekiel of today? A watchman over God's spiritual Israel, the church. Who will be our watchman? The Bible is far from silent in regard to those who should bear God's message of repentance and salvation to the world. God's warnings of impending doom for those that are found unrighteous. We begin with the apostles. The apostles were given a message and they they served as watchmen of sorts even though the word isn't mentioned in this particular passage. Matthew chapter 10 let look at Matthew chapter 10 and beginning with verse 5. Matthew 10 and beginning with verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 11. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your, uh, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Verse 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. They were first sent out with a message of repentance for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They were not yet sent with the message to to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, although that was later to come. But they were sent with this message of repentance to turn Israel back to God, to turn the Jews back to serving God, so that they would be prepared for the coming of Christ. Or prepared for what was to come in his life, prepared for his crucifixion and the coming of the church. So the apostles were to present Israel, the Jews, with this message of repentance. And some would heed their warnings and some would not. And Jesus warned them of this case. There are going to be some that you talk to that are not going to receive you. And when they do, just shake the dust from your feet and keep moving. Keep working. Keep going. And eventually they were given the great commission. As Jesus prepared to leave, the, leave their presence physically. He had already died on the cross. He had been buried. He had been resurrected from the dead. And he was about to be ascended away from their, their physical presence. And he told them, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The message of the gospel would come first through them. And those that had been taught would obey the gospel. They would become Christian. And Christians would be given the task, the responsibility of bringing others to Christ. But it began with the Great Commission that was given to the apostles and is also given to us today. In addition to the apostles serving as watchmen, we also have the example of elders elders in the church serve as watchmen. They have a duty to watch over the flock, making sure that they are well nourished and well cared for. As shepherds, they are also to warn of danger, guarding the souls entrusted to their care. In Acts chapter 20 and beginning with verse 28, "...therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves." Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Elders, overseers of the church, they are to watch for the souls of those among the flock. They are to watch for, for false teachers who would come in as savage wolves, devouring. They were to watch even from among their own. A lot of times when a congregation is led astray from God's Word, it's not because of some new person coming in necessarily. It may be from somebody that has been there for some time, somebody that is trusted, and somebody who betrays that trust. And yet, they lead others astray with their own errors. (coughs) And as overseers are to watch out for the the souls of, of those around them, we are to watch as well. Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief that would be unprofitable for you. As members of the church, we are to recognize, respect, and honor the role in which elders serve, watching for our souls. We are not to purposefully grieve them or burden them more than they already are have a great responsibility. And we need to recognize that. But elders serve as watchmen in the church. They're not the only watchmen. Turn to Mark chapter 13. Let's look at verses 32 through 37. Mark 13 and beginning with verse 32. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch, watch. All members of the church are watchmen of sorts. Notice here that before leaving his house, the master gave to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Each of us has a work. Each of us should be busy in the kingdom because we are all given responsibility in the Lord's church. May not have the greatest responsibility. You may not serve as an elder, you may not serve down front, you may not serve in front of the congregation, but you serve. Everyone is given a work to do. We are reminded that the day of judgment will come and we are to be ready. We are to ready ourselves and we are to ready others. As the watchman had the duty of sounding the alarm when necessary, the rest of the house bore the responsibility of hearing and heeding the warning, taking whatever precautions were necessary to warn those around them. Even those outside of the house. If we look at it from a church standpoint, are to be warned of what is to come. And if we know what is to come we must warn others that they too will be prepared for the second coming of Christ. In Matthew 24 in verses 9 through 14 Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. Will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then to the, and then the end will come. We are to spread the message. We are to proclaim the message that Christ is going to return to a world that may not believe us, to a world that that may ridicule us, mock us, persecute us, facing these dangers, facing uh, the things that, that may come about us. We are to preach this message. We are to proclaim this message. We are to serve as watchmen. We watch out for the souls of one another within the church. We watch for the souls outside of the church. Those that we know of. Family, friends, loved ones. We make sure that all around us are ready. As Ezekiel was to serve as a watchman for Israel, so we serve as watchmen. Over spiritual Israel today. Apostles, elders, all members have responsibility as watchmen. Whether you see yourself as as the watchman of those within the house, or maybe you feel like you're one of those within the house. Whether you be the one watching out for the coming of the master. Or whether you be the one ready to spread the message when it happens. Preparing those around you. You must prepare yourself for the coming of the Master. Ezekiel was not just given the mission of preparing Israel for what was to come. To make sure that they repented. To make sure that they came back to serving God. But he also had to ready his own soul, as all the prophets did. They had a responsibility for themselves as much as they had responsibility over those around them. And so you have a responsibility over your own soul to make sure that you prepare yourself for the coming of the Master. No one knows the day or the hour, but we all must be prepared. Being prepared ourselves, we must sound the warning to the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. If you've not obeyed the gospel, make sure you prepare yourself before it is too late. Make sure that you repent and are baptized for the remission of your sins. Just like Peter proclaimed to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. And make sure you are faithful to Him. Make sure that you've not wandered away. Make sure that you prepare yourself. So if you're in need of coming to Christ or coming back, the Lord's invitation is offered to you. And we implore you to come as together we stand and as we sing.